When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo, and Espo Fun Friday is on the docket for us today. How are you feeling? Uh, can I be honest? Can I be yeah. open and honest here? Is this a safe space? It is. Uh, I watched part of yesterday's show in between the meetings and, and work I was doing here uh, at the new studio, and I got super self-conscious, <laughs> okay, because there was you, two-time, as we know, with the two Emmys in the background, and Cheerson had an Emmy in the background, and I thought, how do I go back on this show tomorrow? <laughs> I have no hardware behind me. So I actually, I don't know if you guys can see this. I started looking, can I uh, can I buy an Emmy? And on Etsy, they sell an Emmy. And then I saw they sell an MTV award too. So I may I, I may be my own two-time uh, <laughs> if I can justify spending the the money that it costs to buy my own Emmy. So. I love that. We could give out like PHNX Emmys. Or create our own award and we can just give them to everybody here so we got some more hardware behind us. I'd rather just buy what looks like an Emmy. And and, (laughs) you know what? I'm going to call up my friend Bob Adlock from over at the Suns. He has so many Emmys, he probably doesn't know what to do with them. I I wonder if I can get one on loan. He would definitely let you hold on to one for a while for (laughs) sure because he's got a boatload. (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. Well, we're going to start things off with the most fun information that we got over the last 24 hours, and that comes courtesy of our friend Kellen Olson, who shared a highlight of the homie Dario Saric yesterday with the caption, Dario hits him with the crossover. And Kellen went on to say that as the clip shows, Dario looks to be in tremendous physical shape. After watching a bunch of him yesterday, he's definitely quicker. He has been, all caps, working. Oh, Okay. This is some random dude for Poland, though, right? I don't, I can't judge anything from Eurobasket qualifier games against guys that I won't see in the league, right? I, I want to be excited, right? But Dario crossing over some guy that uh, that's probably playing in a European league is nice, but that's not who's going to be guarding him come six weeks from now. I need to see it in the preseason to feel feel much better. I I get what you're saying. It's not NBA caliber opponents that he's playing against right now. However, I do think that you can allow yourself to get a little bit excited about this because it has been a long time since we've we've seen Dario Saric wear a Suns jersey on a basketball court. And we're finally going to be able to have that this upcoming season. And I think everyone else in the comments of that tweet are allowing themselves to get excited. So Espo, just jump right in. We've got comments like, Tired, colon, the Suns need a third ball handler. Wired, make Dario the backup point guard. And asking for the Suns not to even consider trading this man. People want him to start at power forward. I don't care. Like, 
people are excited to see the homie back out there. I've been hurt too many times, Lindsay. We've talked about this on the program. <laughs> no, look, I'm very excited to see Dorio playing basketball and playing meaningful minutes for for his country uh, and had a good stat line, put up nine points, uh, I think it was six rebounds. So uh, he's he's a guy that we were glad to see him put in these steps now, right? Because it gets him better ready for training camp, gets him better ready for preseason. I just... I want to be excited game one where I see him make a move like that on an NBA court and I can go, the homie's back, right? I feel good now. Uh, I do have some beef with his with his home country, though, and, and his Croatian national team. They cut my boy Dragon Bender before they oh. went to Eurobasket. So uh, screw you, Croatia. Somebody's <laughs> got to give my boy Dragon uh, a chance here. So. I know. That was kind of a bummer. But wasn't there like – I remember reading about this, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Wasn't there a, a sidebar reason for why that happened? I don't remember. I just – I you look at the transactions, it says Croatia – uh, waved uh, Dario, or excuse me, waved uh, Dragon, and uh, I'm just not okay with that. It's, yeah, uh, I know. He, I he was you. Frank before Frank, uh, you know, and yeah, he Bender Island was <laughs> Bender Island. I own so much property on. Uh, I just, uh, I still hold out hope for the kid. Listen, your investments may not pay dividends long term, but they are a hell of a lot of fun in the short term. So <laughs> at least you're true. picking it that way. So <laughs> Jock, I'm sorry, but you probably won't be with the team very long since uh <laughs> are you I'm the James? At, I am. I, I'm the drama. <laughs> I picked the third string big man and surprisingly he doesn't wind up working out. <laughs> <laughs> well that was a, a good way to start this episode. Um we just are excited to see Dario play again. I believe the real deal kind of kicks off next week for yes. those games. So we'll be able to see a little bit more of Dario back out there. And of course, we'll keep you posted on anything we see that is uh, worth talking about. But for the rest of today's show, we're going to do another mailbag. We're going to answer a few more of y'all's questions. We're going to kind of sprinkle them in throughout the show as we talk about different topics. But the first thing that we're going to discuss. This question comes from uh, Darage Green. And they said, now that KD is out of the question, who is the player the Sun should make a push for if they still want to make a move? We've got a couple questions kind of around this same topic. So Espo, go ahead and throw out some ideas you have. Ah, uh, Jordan Clarkson. Give me uh Jordan Clarkson's the guy I want. Uh, 13 million. Uh, you have a couple guys with expiring deals around that. You can throw in a pick or two to Utah. You can get that scorer off the bench, uh, an additional ball handler. There's there's options there. I, I would love to see that. I mean, I, I assume we're talking realistic here, right? Yeah, I'd love so. to see Giannis on this team, but yeah, not happening. Uh, you know, there's some people in the chat. Oh, Lamelo Ball, that that's not happening. Like, give me. Give me something reasonable. I like Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Eric Gordon is more expensive. He's $21 million. Jordan Clarkson's 13 I think uh, I think you can get the kind of production you're hoping for offensively off the bench from a Jordan Clarkson at a cheaper cheaper price there, uh, both in what you're paying him in salary and, and maybe what you have to give up as well. Uh, he's, he's a realistic target. If we're talking uh, pipe dream, like pie in the sky, uh, you look at the Chet Holmgren injury, which I know you uh, talked about yesterday, but that may open the door for OKC to be looking at 
do we move uh, SGA? You know, is Shea Gilders mm-hmm. Alexander a guy that now completely doesn't fit our timeline because we're tanking yet again? We know uh, that you know the. the the general manager there, Presti, Sam Presti, uh, his kink is draft picks, and we've got plenty of them. So, uh, you know, maybe there's a you know, pie-in-the-sky dream. You get him in as your sixth man and your your future successor to CP3, and, and you make a move there. I don't think that that's one's as realistic. And then uh, William Yee in the chat mentions Harrison Barnes, a guy sitting at about twenty million in Sacramento. If if they're looking to get off him, if you if you hear uh, you know some rumors there, I would uh, I'd consider that. Is there is there some way you can do it? I, I would I would certainly consider. Could you make Harrison Barnes? your backup four, you know, or small ball five that can mm-hmm. spread the floor. Uh, but look, I don't, I'm not going to hold my breath. I don't expect some kind of big move to happen here before training camp. It'd be nice, but I just don't see it. So, well, yeah, I think that's the biggest question, especially when you bring up SGA, right? Like, because the type of people you'd have to send out in order to get him here with the Phoenix Suns, you're talking about at least one of the twins, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe Mikel or Cam. It's similar similar packages to what we've discussed around a Kevin Durant trade. Are you willing to make that type of a sacrifice to get SGA here? That's just the biggest question you got to ask yourself. Or is it something that you'll look into more down the line? Yeah. Maybe come the trade deadline or maybe next offseason – just kind of one of those things. Are you willing to make that move right now, a month out of training camp? I mean, if it presents itself, I certainly think you have to. I mean, mm-hmm. especially if the cost is is Cam, uh, some salary filler, and a bunch of draft picks. Uh, I definitely think you have to uh, have to think that way. Uh, but I just I don't think Sam Presti's going to get to that point. Maybe by the trade deadline, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen five weeks out of uh, out of preseason. But maybe who knows? Weirder things, weirder things have happened. But I think there's more likelihood that this is the roster mm-hmm. you see go in to training camp than a big move made. And the only guy that maybe gets moved is Jay, but I don't think that even happens before camp. So. Right. We've also seen a lot of people in the comments, and this has been all over social media the last few days, Julius Randle, um, looking at him as a potential person to bring in and incorporating Jay within that trade. But he's on a four-year, $117 million contract. I know a couple people have brought up the fact that on the positive side, he would be really good for this team and he brings a lot of valuable assets but then if you're looking to the negative side does he fit into the chemistry is there a potential opportunity to bring down the locker room um so that one's kind of a tough one i think for me mostly because four years and 117 million dollars is a long time and a lot of money yeah 23 per for for julius randall that's a big gamble that's that's a swing you take if you if you're looking at it and you go, our window's really now uh, and we need something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that could be if they get off to some kind of slow start or, or something that just, it feels off, maybe you make that kind of move. I just, I don't see it before, before training camp. But again, uh, with James Jones, we're never quite sure what, uh, what's going to happen. He's very good at working 
under the radar on what he's uh, trying to accomplish. I don't remember if I said this on Wednesday's show or I said it to, to a friend. We'll talk and, about this. But the idea that the Suns are looking for a back-to-the-basket uh, power forward, kind of a post-up guy, when you don't even use a DA that way, seems very weird to me. But, you know, Julius Randle's a guy that, that could do some of that. He can rebound. He averaged – uh, over over nine a, a pop last year, if uh, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, maybe I, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't excite me. I'd rather get a guy like a Jordan Clarkson that supplements things at a much cheaper price on a one year deal with a player option than commit four years to to Julius Randle on a deal that the Knicks are looking to move now because they uh, they regret signing him to it. So. The one positive here, too, would be that it wouldn't cost a whole lot outside of obviously salary matching in order to get him because I think there were rumors um, recently that the Knicks were basically like, we're not going to include a pick with him to move him. So it yeah. seems like the asking price would be a little bit lower for him. Yeah, I mean, that that would be salary filler uh, to get him. But, you know, Jay... Uh, you know, maybe a Landry, uh, you know, just doing quick math in my head. Some maybe kind of Corey Craig in there. Yes. Yeah. Third smaller piece of that 5 million mark and, and you can get him. And, you know, I, Rick James in the chat uh, says low risk or yeah, low risk, high reward with Randall. Yeah. That's the case there. But, uh, you know, if it were, if it were one or two years, I'd say with no doubt, with no hesitation. Yeah. But it's four years. Can he really, be that guy for four years for you uh and and how does he fit if cam's your starter a power forward that you think is julius randall that much better that you want him to to be the starter and you keep cam on the bench would randall be okay with being off the off the bench i i don't know those are all questions that that this front office and coaching staff would uh would have to answer more to their satisfaction before you ever pulled that, that trigger on that kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. And Dagoon brings up a good point too, said we're forgetting that Randall and Cam J don't get along at all. Um, which kind of goes back to the chemistry conversation and, and does, is he a good fit for this locker room conversation, which yeah. I think you can get past that, but it is something worth at least having a conversation about. Yeah, I okay. mean, a guy, a guy like Mario Eli was an asshole to the Suns at one point, and then finished his career playing for the Suns. Like, there's people can get past that stuff if uh, if it's what's right for the team. So, right. I, and Cam's the kind of guy I think that can let bygones be bygones if uh, if necessary. So that doesn't uh, that doesn't make give me pause uh, with that for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, our next question. Kind of along the same topic comes from S Vance 96. They said, would you trade Crowder, Shamit, and two firsts for Boyan Bogdanovich now if it means the KD dream is officially dead? Um, so this is another player that has been talked about quite a bit uh, from the Utah Jazz. We brought him up a little bit in yesterday's show. He's on a one-year $19.3 million contract. I personally don't think you have to throw in two first-round picks for him. I think you could get it if this was somebody you were really targeting, maybe one first-round pick, or you could try two second-round picks first and see if that gets the deal done. But I don't know that you'd have to throw in two firsts. Yeah, I think two's a little a little rich for my my taste. But I definitely think that uh, it, that Danny Ainge up there in Utah would would look at that and, and 
consider a first round pick and some salary filler to do it because they're obviously in a complete rebuild mode. We saw that with the uh, Taylor Horton Tucker uh, deal to, to send Pat Bev to the Lakers. Uh, so they're, they're looking to move guys. And I think one first would be enough. Uh, I think you would be waving the flag on some of those other bigger deals, but again, I've not always thought that you had to make the biggest of deals to make this team uh, good enough to win a title. I mean, Bogdanovich and, you know, a, a Gordon or a, a Clarkson, like, and you, you answer two of your biggest holes, you make your bench stronger. You're, you're a favorite to win the title. You're still a contender right now without making any additional moves. So, so I don't necessarily mind going this route and, and, you know, biting around the edges rather than taking some home run swing here to mix sports metaphors. Right. I agree because you, you do want to kind of keep your options open a little bit, I think, because there is probably going to be a lot more movement closer to the trade deadline. And we have to remember too. Now, I don't know if this was speculation or if he was hearing something, but Brian Windhorst went on the airwaves of ESPN recently, just a few weeks ago and said he, from what he believes and what he's hearing Phoenix Suns may look like a completely different team come playoffs. So I think maybe they're trying to keep their options open just in case something closer to the deadline, or if we're tinfoil hatting here, that January mark where DA can officially be moved again. And maybe the Suns are, have something up their sleeve with that. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll squarely put the tinfoil hat on and go if if brian winhorse is confidently saying that and the way he said it led you to believe that it was something bigger i don't think that da's in their long-term plans at least what he's hearing because that's the only major piece you're dealing you're, you're not trading chris paul you're not trading devin booker mikhail bridges only goes if if it's a true superstar that's coming back i, I think da is the logical choice there now i don't know where Windhorst would have heard that. I doubt it would be the the Suns for front office because that would that'd be counterproductive. You wouldn't want to say now that you'd want to move DA because you're looking at a you know you're looking why create drama yeah. right now when it's irrelevant yeah. because you can't do anything and you'd hurt you'd hurt your price too because if you're already complaining about DA and saying you want to move him. Why am I going to give up major assets in January for that? So, All right. Our next question comes from William, 18378078. Had to get in all the numbers in there. Uh, they said, in an interview, Coach Monty said he never talked to any of the players about the KD situation. Does he have to make peace with the players? And what do you think his relationship with DA is going to be? So let's first address the KD question that they asked. And we'll start by playing the clip of what Monty said in the interview that they're referencing on Sirius XM NBA radio. I never talked to any of our guys about that. Um, mm -hmm. One, people don't understand how hard trades are to pull off. And when I first heard about the Kevin Durant stuff, I was kind of blown away by it just because, you know, we've been so blessed here to have guys who want to come. At the same time, <clears throat> at the expense of what was my thinking. And mm -hmm. I like our team. I love our guys. But I wasn't going to have conversations that didn't need to be had. I think our guys are mature enough to understand that part of our business. Um, and so I didn't want to have conversations 
about stuff that didn't need to be brought up. And, and part of it is because I've been in the business so long, it's just hard to pull trades off, you know? And so that was my thinking. Okay. So he said he didn't want to have those conversations about stuff that didn't need to be brought up, naming the difficulty of trades being a reason for that. I personally wonder, I I don't know. I feel like there probably were some conversations had, but not like sit down, like, Hey man, we're shopping you around kind of conversations. The more just like, this is a business. It's all part of it. You know, take all these rumors with a grain of salt kind of conversations, not to allow it to fester in these players' minds. Yeah, I think he definitely could have had those conversations, and he wouldn't be lying in what he said that he didn't talk to the players about Kevin Durant saying, hey, don't sweat rumors, you know, and, and those kind of things pumping up your guy is different. I don't understand why any head coach or GM for that matter would be talking to his players about a potential acquisition until either the framework's done or it's done in general. I mean, if if I'm going to lay somebody off, right, I'm not going to go talk to everybody in the building beforehand, uh, you know, and have that conversation. And then, you know, that just, that's not what you do. That's not good management. That's not good people skills. It's just, it's bad for business in general. So I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that Monty wasn't sitting there with players having Kevin Durant discussions. Now you damn well know him and James Jones were sitting there having discussions about that and other members of the front office, but you're not talking to your employees, AKA your players about this. uh, If uh, you know, in case, I mean, maybe Devin, if KD had reached out to Devin or something, but you're not talking to the Cam Johnsons of the world, the Jay Crowders of the world, specifically about Kevin Durant. It's just not happening. I also wonder if maybe Monty knew that the Suns weren't really close to having a legitimate deal done with Brooklyn. And that's also a reason why he didn't have any of these conversations. Like, I know they had conversations. I know the calls were made, of course, from the Suns to Brooklyn. But we also never saw any legitimate leaks of official or even floated packages that the Suns were willing to offer until that very last article where they were like, potentially Mikkel Bridges was floated. I think that was the word that they used there. So maybe from his perspective, having those conversations, if there was no substantial reason why, just seems counterproductive right like why have those conversations if there's not something substantial there that this could have actually happened and maybe he knew that yeah i mean just you can say what you want about monty's coaching right and in-game decision making it seems like he's pretty good at understanding human conversations right and the last thing you want to do is cause unnecessary strife with uh, with your players uh, especially coming off of the way things ended last year, you don't all of a sudden want to cause more drama. So you're just not bringing up the Kevin Durant thing, just like you weren't talking about, you know, whether you were going to trade DeAndre Ayton or bring him back or or whatever the case may be. You're not having those conversations with your players e- either. It's within the internal front office structure that you have those conversations and try to map out your future. Yeah, exactly. All right. Before we continue down and answer William's second question, we're going to take a quick break because I got a couple cool things to tell you guys about. We want to give you some free stuff and our partners also want to give you some free stuff. 
So first and foremost, we've partnered with Four Peaks for our Toast of the Month sweepstakes. And this one will get you a chance to win a $50 Four Peaks gift card, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. To enter into that sweepstakes, all you have to do is head to gophnx.com or click the link in our show notes. Also, another reminder that our last Wednesday is just around the corner. We're going to be at the Four Peaks Brewery on 8th Street in Tempe next Wednesday, August 31st. All day, we're going to have our live shows out there. Pretty much the entire crew over here at PHNX will be hanging out at the brewery. If you want to come hang out with us and enjoy some good food, some good fun, and some great beer, come on down. We'd love to have you. We also have some um, specials for different beer products if you tell them that you are there with the PHNX crew. But just a reminder, in order to enjoy the beer, you have to be 21 years or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. I got you one better than beer deals. You come out, you say hi to us, I'm going to buy you a beer myself. hey oh, there you go. Even better. So come join us. And then also our partner over at OG's, they want to give you some free stuff as well. So our Flavoring Life Sweepstakes, this one will get one lucky winner, three bags of OG's, including their orange creamsicle and tropical flavors. You're going to get an OG's hat, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership as well. One more time to sign up, all you have to do is go to gophnx.com or click the link in our show notes. You can gu- also go ahead. Just to say, and guess what? I'm not going to give you my OGs. I'm bogarting <laughs> that shit myself. So that one you're going to have to either win or pick up on your own. <laughs> yes. Sorry about that one. But if you don't want to wait until the sweepstakes is over to get your hands on some OGs, you can check them out online at ogsbrands.com or on Instagram at ogsbrands. And you can also find their products at your local dispensary. But again, you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Okay, let's answer the second part of William's question. He said, what do you think Monty's relationship with DA is going to be? So before we answer this, we do have another clip from that same interview where Monty addressed it. You know, I've heard all that stuff second and third hand, all the narratives. Um, You know, the bottom line is I have to coach. And all of our players will tell you that I coach everybody. When I have to make a move like that, it's me calling them up. It's never personal. And I think D.A. said it best when he did an interview. You know, our relationship is calm. And I've invested a lot of time into the the player and the person. And when I do something like that, it's because I want I want what's best for you. But I also have to, you know, try my best to hold everybody accountable at the same time. There are times where I wish I could have handled things a little bit differently. I, I will, you know, pick at myself, but our relationship, I, I, I don't, I don't know where all that stuff is coming from. I have a great relationship with all of our guys uh, and I've built an, I think I've built up enough equity with every player on our team. They know how much I care about them and how much I love them, but I also have to coach them. What are your thoughts as well? Uh, $132 million makes everything better for anybody. I mean, you could, if you offer me $132 million to have to work with my mortal enemy, I'm not telling you who that is, but, uh, you know, I actually sit next to him on set, uh, but you know, if you offer me Gerald? 132, yeah, Gerald, Gerald and I hate each other. There's a little known fact about this program. Now Sal's not really my mortal enemy. Don't take that serious. But I mean, if somebody paid me $132 million, I'd marry my mortal enemy. I, that's how much I'd be okay with that. So I'm guessing one little uh, dust up in game seven uh, goes away with uh, with the 
you know, the Brinks truck being backed up for DA. And, and look, Monty, Monty, like he said, he has to coach these guys. These guys know it. He invests time in in the team. We all have arguments at, at workplaces from time to time. It, and usually they come from a place of passion, right? You want to have the best outcome happen with your group. And sometimes that passion to get it right boils over because there's frustration about factors out of your control. And I think that's really what that whole game seven was about. And, you know, they'll get, uh, they'll get past it, right? They have to, because there's a job to be done and they're both professionals. So this isn't, this isn't kindergarten where some kids, uh, you know, like happened with my daughter getting, pulling pigtails at, at the, uh, uh, you know, out at out at the recess, and uh, and they can't get past it. You know, it's it's adults doing a job, and you can compartmentalize even if it is something bigger. Yeah, and Jay brings up a good point in the chat. Said I think everyone who's played sports competitively has gotten into it with a coach or a teammate. I completely agree. I mean, they even addressed it a couple times. You know, heat of the moment, like emotions are really high. That game and that series was not great for the Suns. So. There's going to be emotions running wild throughout that entire situation. And sometimes you take it out on the wrong person. But DA has now come out and said him and Monty are good. Monty has come out and now said him and DA are good. So I think, um, and somebody else in the chat had brought it up earlier too, that a lot of it was just fans and media kind of maybe fueling the fire of this narrative, maybe a little too much. We maybe have been a little bit guilty of that as well. Um, but I think now that both of them have come out and publicly addressed it, we got to take their words for what they are and hope that they're telling us the truth and just wait and see what, what this season looks like as far as their relationship goes. Well, yeah. I mean, if that had happened in game 42 of the season last year, nobody makes a big deal out of it. If it happened in game seven and they won against the Mavs, people brush it off. It's the fact that it happened in game seven in a horrific loss. And it's the last thing that any of us thought about before DA went into contract negotiations. Like that's, that's why it was such a big deal. And it's a whole summer of, Oh, what does it mean? Well, it means nothing, right? If <laughs> I think DA is going to go out there and play, I think Monty's going to coach and that's that. So I agree. There are a few people in the chat right now that are still a little um, hesitant on Monty as a coach. Pugs and Hugs said, has Monty addressed not being able to make in-game adjustments or getting out coached in the playoffs? Brian said, let me see if I can find it. Can, Brian said, can we add a clause on Monty's extension to force him to call a timeout when the opponents are red hot and killing us? Um, do you think Monty had the ability or has the ability to learn and continue to grow as a head coach in this league? Or do you think he's one of those coaches that's a little stuck in his way and hopes that his way will prevail in the end? I mean, I tend to believe anybody can grow and get better at their job. I mean, uh, go back and watch our first episode of this show la almost a year ago right now and tell me people can't get better as they go along uh, in their job. So I think Monty certainly can, but I think the other thing, Willie Green didn't get enough credit for how much of the in-game stuff he was involved in with this team. And they, you know, they've got to make sure that the lead assistant also uh, is on top of things that he and Monty 
uh, you know, have a good relationship that you have where he trusts like, like he did with, with Willie green. So I think that's a part of it as well, but yeah, money can, money can learn. I mean, money's talked about how he's learned and how it's changed uh, him over the years in terms of coaching and everything. So, uh, you know, from when he started in new Orleans with, uh, with CP three to where he is with CP three. Now it, he's talked about how much better he can be. So, you know, I think that that's, that's certainly something he's capable of, and hopefully uh, it happens now. I mean, we they need him to be better. So, Yeah, we, we shall see on that one. But I agree. I do think that progress can be made, and I think that adjustments um, as a head coach will be made by Monty. And he's brought in a few um, additional assistant coaches between the time that Willie Green left and now, and hopefully they – are, uh, feel a little more comfortable bringing things to him as well when they see something that maybe needs to be adjusted. I like that my uh, that so say Jay so says Jay in the chat says Monty probably hurt books Hammy and gave guys COVID too. I, I believe everybody's just been <laughs> lawyered there is what they call that. Uh, so, oh my goodness! All right, so to add to this conversation, more from a broader perspective. Um, Obviously, the DA conversation is what I'm referencing here as far as their relationship. Sundra's Dunks asked, is everything copacetic with Monty and all the players? Is our chemistry intact? Yeah. I, what, is this all stemming from game seven? Like, No, uh, I think it also, the Jay stuff, Jay Crowder liking posts of him photoshopped in other teams and him blurring out the Valley logo i think that might be adding to this as well yeah well okay jay crowder's a guy that that highly believes highly in himself right and from everything that we've talked about and and the assumption is he's probably been told he's not going to be the starter here and having taken a free team friendly deal he's probably frustrated frustration is normal right one guy being frustrated doesn't mean chemistry is completely lost. Now, if he comes into camp and he's a problem, well, then you're probably going to move him. But I don't think that changes the dynamic across the board. And you don't know how chemistry is till you get on the court and play, too. Like, that's that changes everything. Off-season gripes and whining uh, change when you get on the court. And if they go, you know, 9-1 and one to start the season – it's going to be everything's great. Everything's wonderful. Guys are dancing before the game. All that crap comes back. You know, it, it all just feels like it's under a magnifying glass because of the way it ended. And there's been little things, you know, from Jay Crowder in particular that make you go, oh, well, well, yeah, he's unhappy. He can wind up happy again or he can wind up somewhere else. And that's not going to impact everything overall. I think overall, from the big picture perspective, I think the chemistry with this team is still really solid. Are there a few moments in time that you can point to where somebody may have been upset? Yes, absolutely. I don't think you're going to avoid that ever in any type of team situation because there's so many different emotions and personalities to manage. But I think from an overall perspective, we're good. Honestly, this conversation has been asked and had quite a few times over the last few weeks. I've seen on social and whatnot. And I think maybe this concern of ours is coming from a place of we have a good thing and we don't want to lose it. We don't want to let it go and go back to the dark times. So it might be like, 
low-key a little bit of a trauma response to be so concerned about what the future might hold and and if things are kind of degrading there more so than I think it actually would be degrading there. Yeah, I mean, until CP3 tweets, I don't want to be here, we find out that Monty's getting fired because who his agent is and, uh, you know, and then that James Jones getting is getting run out after goats crapped in his office. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and go, Oh no, the sky's falling. We're going right back where we were. No, like it's, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to panic. You know, one bump in the road is a character builder. So yes, absolutely. All right. Before we answer a few more questions and Saul just sent us a really cool clip. We'll talk about that here in just a second. I do want to remind you guys to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and make sure you're using the code PHNX because when you use that code, you can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. It is that easy when you use the code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum may age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Espo, do you have a DraftKings pick of the week for us? I do. I'm going to go with my new favorite soccer team, Leeds United, over Brighton tomorrow, and you can watch it on the USA Network at 7 a.m. I believe that's our time. If it's Eastern, not a chance in hell I'll be up uh, <laughs> by then to watch soccer because that would be 4 a.m. here. But 7 a.m., I can do that while, uh, while on, the, uh, on the exercise bike tomorrow, and I'm going to take them to win, take the money line on Leeds United. Well, there you go. That's our DraftKings pick of the week, courtesy of Espo. So if you want to get in on the action one more time, make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code PHNX when you're signing up. All right, we've got a few more questions to answer here. This one comes from uh, Sundarus Dunks. He said, with CP3 and now Kevin Durant wanting to come here, are we a premier destination in the league? What do you think? I don't I don't know if premier destination really is a thing anymore. It's okay, where can I win where can I potentially team up with a group to win a title? Are the Suns in that category now? Yeah. They they definitely are, but I don't think it's as much about oh, the franchise is this and the city is that and the fans it's it's okay, CP3 and Book are there. I can team up with them to win a title. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. So if that's what we're talking about in terms of a uh, you know, prime destination, then yeah, sure. But I don't think I don't think Phoenix just in general has become a hot destination. It's all about the guys that you have there. So. I agree. I think if we didn't have Devin, if we didn't have Monty, if we didn't have James Jones, I don't think you would consider Phoenix a premier destination at all. I mean, I know people have talked about the great weather, the proximity to Los Angeles, the fact that we're a bigger city and yada, yada, yada for years and years and years now, but that's not enough. Like that might be enough in LA just simply because of the business opportunities that you could have on the side Mm -hmm. to make more money from being out there if you're that type of an athlete with that entrepreneurial spirit. But as far as any other market almost, I would say it all is dependent on who's on your team, who's leading your team, and where your team is as far as the closeness to winning a championship. So from that perspective of who's on our team and who's leading it, then yeah, I would say we are kind of a premier destination right now. 
Yeah, there's only three true premier destinations in the NBA. LA, as you mentioned, primarily the Lakers. They're Miami because it's South Beach, and as long as Pat Riley's running the ship, people feel pretty good there. And then New York simply because there's this thought in some people's minds that if they can bring back great basketball to New York, they can be an all-time great. Uh, so I think those are the only three destinations that, from a city perspective, are true destinations in the NBA. Yeah, and Hello said I was only half right. Phoenix is hot. But during the season, Phoenix is great weather. And I feel like majority of the players will leave for long periods of time during the offseason. Yeah, the, the problem, though, is the offseason is when you're courting them. So I, uh, you got you to go true. to them. Hey, remember that last road trip you had here in December and you were in shorts? Think of that. Don't think of 115 degrees and whatever this humidity is. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, which this year has been so weird weather-wise. I won't get into it, but it's just been very <laughs> weird this summer. We'll save that for like next middle of next week when there's absolutely nothing to talk there about. Lindsay, Lindsay will break down the dew point and, uh, and the humidity and temperature for a whole 30 <laughs> minutes for you. There you go. You got something really exciting to look forward to for next week, you guys. <laughs> All right, Suns Geek asked, if you could insert one player from Suns history on this team as it currently stands, who would it be and why? Uh, I'd look at the power forward spot, and I'd probably insert – everybody probably expects me to say Charles Barkley. That's what my pick was going to be. I mean, I mean, Barkley makes sense, but does another huge personality – uh, help or hurt? I don't know. It helps, Espo. It absolutely helps. I think. I think I would probably go with Marion with Amari as a close second. Okay. The athleticism with those guys uh, helps. Marion, uh, I think in today's NBA would shoot the three a little bit more. Everybody's got to remember too. Barkley was only six four. I mean, legit six four uh, in his playing days, even though he was listed at six six. Uh, Marion and Amari had actual actual height and, and length. So I think both of them, uh, either way, you couldn't go couldn't go wrong. I um, Eli said Steve Nash. And he, I feel like Steve would, would be a close second to me if I get to pick like what age he was when I was inserting him because I would be thinking more long-term, like start phasing CP3 out a little bit and hand over the reins to a Steve Nash. And I think that could be really beneficial for looking like a future perspective, right? Um, yeah. but Charles Barkley was for sure my pick. I mean, Goran could Goran 23 point against the Spurs backup guard or, you know, his beginning of his second stint could be an interesting backup point guard on this squad too. But I still think you, you fill that power forward hole with imagine a Marion and McHale playing defense on the same team. That is true. Like that's that would be a very difficult group to uh, to stop or to, to score against. So Brian said Jalen Smith. Brian, you're funny, <laughs> but Charles did bring up a good point. If Charles, well, Charles in the chat brought up a good point that if Charles Barkley was on this team, it would be the funniest trash talking team ever oh uh it would it'd be a hell of a team like and barkley would have to would have to have adjusted his game uh, i remember barkley shooting threes but you go back and look at the numbers and they're pretty abysmal uh and they were okay for back in the day for for a power forward but like 
in today's game would have been abysmal. So he'd have to work on that, but trash talking, definitely not. A confidence he'd he'd fit right into. So yes. All right. We've got um this cool little nugget that Saul sent us right now in our Slack. And can, hi Saul, he was in the chat here earlier. Can, can I give you a, a behind the scenes look? So I'm sitting here in the office and the door's over to my side here. Okay. It opens and Saul walks in with a giant whiteboard and sits in the chair and writes down and writes on the whiteboard, we have footage of CP3 in book playing pickup. You want it? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where uh, we're at. I don't know if we have it uploaded or not to where we can show it. Shane, you got to. Okay, Shane says we do have it. Okay, go well, ahead and play that. We have the whiteboard right here. So oh, my gosh. That's proof. fantastic. <laughs> Okay, so this came from Ball is Life on Twitter. They said CP3 out here hooping at his own camp. And you'll notice here as this clip continues that he's hooping alongside the one and only Devin Booker. So this is really cool to see the two of them uh, getting some some run here at CP3's camp together. Come on. So so these guys are picking on what what looks like uh, high school seniors, uh, you know, maybe college freshmen. They're like, yeah, we need some run just to get our confidence up. Let's uh, let's just school these poor kids. I mean, it's got to be thrilling for these kids to get their asses kicked by uh, two NBA all stars. But you know, yeah. I, when, when Saul held up that whiteboard, I assume we were talking like uh, some run at a gym with uh, with NBA guys, not uh not Chris Paul not breaking a sweat as he takes these uh takes these youngins to school here. Do we get a rip through here? I'm I'm oh I thought we were gonna get the rip through there uh, and and teach the youngin something. But yeah, so it's fun to see. I'm glad to see some uh, some basketball highlights. Yeah, I agree because I feel like we haven't. Tristan and I talked about proams yesterday, obviously because that was a very hot topic. But I feel like we don't get to see a lot of book or Chris Paul at any of these open gyms or these pickup games or anything like that, at least not that I'm aware of. I know they're playing and I know they're working out with people, but it's just not public. So it is kind of fun to just get a, get a little glimpse of what they're doing behind the scenes because it's been so long since we've seen the two of them play basketball. Hey, it beats a clip of Devin Booker complaining about double teams. Uh, so I'll take <laughs> I'll take that clip this offseason rather than something else. So. Oh, my goodness. Also, shout out to Saul, who has been working tirelessly to get our office up and running, but still has uh, the commitment to our son's show over here to be able to go grab a whiteboard and be like, this is going to be a part of your show. You need this. Dude is legit building furniture, laying hardwood flooring. I mean, uh, we saved so much on labor just by making Saul do all the work. <laughs> well, there you go. And shout out to our friends of Rutmore Furniture who hooked us up with all of those things that Saul has been building from tables to chairs, the whole nine yards. If you guys are in the market for some new furniture, make sure you check out our friends at More Furniture for their Labor Day sale. That's morefurniture.com. All right, Espo, you got anything else for us? No, I, you know, I did see somebody in the chat asked my three least favorite uh, least favorite cities. I think it was Brian in the chat, least favorite NBA cities. Sacramento, Sacramento, Sacramento. You can have... You're uh, so dramatic. There's, there are way worse cities than Sacramento out there. You want to know something? I've never actually been to Sacramento. But I believe like it. A, a crap hole to me, so... So I'll always say Sacramento. Uh, the, no, I've only been to bad. good NBA cities. Like, 
I mean, New Orleans Arena is a dump, but like yeah, but New, New Orleans, the city is fun. Yeah, well, yeah, which is so. Uh, I, I, I still stand by. I feel like Indiana is my least favorite one. That it feels so cliche to say Indiana, though, right? You're like, ah, oh, cornfields and boring white people. I, you know, that's what I think of in in Indiana. So, like, okay, uh, you know, but like, I I feel like Sacramento just screams, "We suck, and you should pick us." Oh, poor Sacramento, always catching L's and strays out here. Well, think Bless about it. Heart. The state it's in, everywhere else, you can go in California, and you're like. I'm in Sacramento. The only thing worse would be like, I'm in Fresno. Like that's the, like I can go so many cool places in California. Those don't happen to qualify. I mean, at least the weather isn't bad. That's a positive for it. I don't know. All I'm saying is there is far more worse places in the league than Sacramento. And maybe, maybe I was going to say, we're going to send you to Sacramento and we're going to send you to Indiana. And then you're going to come back and be like, I changed my mind. No, I, you're, you're depends. Are you sending me to Indiana when it's snowing? Then yeah. Yes, yes. So we're gonna make you walk to the arena as well, Sacramento. and then walk back to the hotel. Just cause, why not? All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. A quick reminder: we want you to stay safe and healthy. And COVID nineteen vaccines are a free way for you to do that. COVID nineteen vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those twelve and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash findvaccine for a location near you. We hope you guys have a great weekend. We will see you next Monday. Hopefully sooner than later, we will be all together again back in the new office and be able to show you guys our brand new set. We're really looking forward to that. But until that day comes, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ and you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Just remember, if you're heading to Sacramento, you probably need a hell of a lot more shots than just that one we promoted. Ahoy hoy! <laughs>